change. I'm not talking about the currency. I'm talking about the event, the moment in time. You move into a new house, sell your old house. You become a parent, attached when you've been unattached, or the reverse. Movement, adjustments, expected and unexpected. The transition process that comes before, during, or after the change. How do you manage the upheaval? Do you find yourself accepting or resisting? Welcome to episode 54, everybody. The last of season four. And man, I don't know how to begin this one. Change is in the air. Baja Summer is making her graceful exit. October is just around the corner. It's happening so fast, but that seems to be how it works. That's how it works with us as well. Uh, Once we decide to do something, well, we're in it. There's no grace period, no long, drawn-out discussions like, let's wait, see what happens. Just happens. A switch gets flipped, as if, while I was focused on the bright, shiny object, pushing the boulder up the hill, use whatever analogy you like, things on the periphery, the things that really matter, have begun to conspire to get my attention. And all of a sudden, what made no sense makes perfect sense. What I viewed as chaos was really transition. The transition leading up to the moment in time where we say things like, stay the course, things will work out. It will all work out. Once things start to ramp up, and the tectonic plates of life start to actually move, it's only at that point I'm able to glance back and say, ah, that's what that was all about. Context. Back in 2012, Melody and I quit our jobs, sold the house, and almost everything we owned to move on to a 35-foot sailboat. We wanted simpler. We wanted something completely different. There was a lot of uncertainty. In fact, it wasn't a lot of uncertainty. It was all uncertain. There wasn't an ounce of certainty to be found anywhere. Not only were we jumping into the abyss with both feet, we were bringing a dog, and we had no safety net. But it worked out, and we set sail into our new life, unsure of everything except one thing. We knew we were headed for the Chesapeake Bay. That's all we knew. Now, I won't bore you with the stories of bad weather, shredded sails, tears, and unexpected breakdowns that exhausted our emergency fund in less than six months. It's the same story as every sailing couple before or since. And just like every other sailing couple, we started a blog called mondovasilondo.com to chronicle those same stories of triumph and tragedy. In February of 2014, in an attempt to answer the pressing questions from some of our followers, a long-winded blog post turned into a 50-page book called You Gotta Go to Know. I was simply trying to explain to people that we weren't trust fund kids and we didn't hit the lottery. We were still working while, at the same time, trying to live out a dream while we were young and crazy enough to try it. 
I wanted to do then, what I'm still trying to do today. Inspire and encourage people to follow their dream, however that looks. Sappy, I know, I know. The premise was this. We can all speculate about the things in front of us. We can all say, man, I wonder what would happen if, fill in the blank, if I opened my own business, if I went back to school, if I got back into photography, and if you're not careful, I wonder can lead you to one of my least favorite words, someday. Someday I'll open my own business. Someday I'll go back to school. Someday I'll get back into photography. You feel me? You see, you'll never truly know the outcome of the thing until you do the thing. You gotta go to know. I'd never written and self-published a book before, and I remember telling Melody at the time, if we sell 50 copies, I'll be stoked. Well, we sold 750 copies the first month. It was an Amazon bestseller for about seven months straight. But this episode is not about the book. It's about the premise. You gotta go to know. Because that kind of became the mantra Whenever I've been faced with a big decision, I usually end up falling back on that sentiment. we got to find out for ourselves. If it doesn't work out, we'll adjust the course, make the change. Change and transition have been our bedmates for the last 10 years. I used to tell people when I did my speaking engagements pre-COVID that we were really good at handling change. And that wasn't a lie. We are good. But it never gets easier. We're just better at ripping off the Band-Aid. And we've had to do it a lot in the last few years. In January 2019, we moved back to the States after living in Guatemala and Mexico for a few years. My father's health began to decline. We talked about getting an apartment and settling down, air quotes, changing everything we were used to, which, in hindsight, what we were used to was operating in a mild state of chaos all the time. Chasing Wi-Fi, meeting deadlines, working all the time in less than ideal environments, adjusting for the challenges that come with living and working in remote locations. And we were happy. In April of 2019, we lost my dad and spent the summer on the boat on the bay. A lot of things were changing. Dad was gone. Mel's parents were gone. Our dog was almost blind And we didn't want to sail with them anymore. It wasn't fair. So we put the boat on the hard for the winter, and in November, just prior to the election, we drove to Baja. 23 glorious days across the country. We saw family and friends. We camped in national parks. We spread Mel's parents' ashes in the Grand Canyon. I don't know if that's legal. It was amazing. We got to Baja. We made fast friends, good friends, genuinely beautiful friends. March 2020. COVID. Our friendship circle in Baja remained tight. The community rallied around each other. It was incredible to be a part of it. We loved it so much. We stayed, and we've been here ever since. The chaos? It's kind of settled. We rented our little place, and you know how that goes. The landlords get kooky, and sometimes you got to make another change, but nothing big. Nothing like the changes we'd been coping with for the last 10 years. I mean, we could do this stuff in our sleep. It's just an apartment. 
We're not transiting international waters with a dog. Now, you want to talk about hard shit? It just might be easier to get a full-fledged nuclear weapon into Mexico than a Dutch shepherd, but I digress. All of this to say, back on March 1st, in episode 27, I talked about the power of story, with a capital S. Your story, my story, the story we tell ourselves about ourselves. We tell these stories to make sense out of the chaos. They organize our experiences and shape our reality. March 1st also happened to be the day I began to change my entire life by changing my habits. I began walking every morning and completely changed my diet. I stopped drinking. I actively started to rewrite my narrative. In April, episode 33, The Essentials, focused on the shift that occurs in our lives every seven years. Philosopher Rudolf Steiner created the map of human development to explain it more clearly. I confessed that I was feeling the effects of the current shift I was in, and I said quite openly that I didn't know what to make of it. I've been thinking about that episode a lot lately. This transition, I can use that word now because it's clear to me that it was indeed the beginning of the transition, but this started way back on Christmas Eve, and it's continued without wavering. On May 24th, I posted the last episode of Season 3, Episode 39, called The Pain of Progress. I was convinced the show was done. I wasn't going to make my year anniversary. I was uninspired, and I just felt like everything I was doing was crap. There was nothing subtle about the upheaval I was experiencing. If I was entering into a period of enlightenment, as Steiner suggested, if this was to be my intuitive phase, I certainly didn't feel it. I took the break from season three, believing there would be no season four. But I kept walking every morning. I started working with a voice and acting coach. I kept telling myself that there had to be something I was missing. Something right in front of my face I wasn't seeing. Analyzing and critiquing every day. Telling myself, you're just not working hard enough. Book more coaching sessions. Do more outreach. Write better scripts. Work harder. This is my story. This is the story I tell myself. You know, I've spoken a lot on this show about how I personally believe that when we're in times of need or searching, the universe tries to help us out with subtle and not-so-subtle clues. Trouble is, most of us miss these clues because we're mired in whatever personal recession is hitting us at the time. I'll admit it, I've missed a few, but thankfully, I haven't missed them all. These past nine months have been amazing. They've been frustrating, illuminating, perplexing, and honestly, terrifying at times. I'm reminded once again of my soccer coach who I've mentioned here before. The one who told me that we didn't need three goals to win, we needed one goal three times. He used to walk along the sidelines, spinning this shiny chrome whistle around his index finger. And when we made a mistake on the field during practice, or if I got scored upon because I was out of position, Coach Winfrey would yell, When you forget the lesson, the lesson will be retaught. You see, we can all speculate about what's in front of us. But speculation is just procrastination disguised as action. We have to decide what it's going to be. Is it one day or is it day one? You got to choose or it'll choose you. And to truly discover the outcome of a situation, well, you got to go to know 
And then sometimes, you gotta go back. Hey y'all, thanks for listening. We'll take a short break and be back with season five. If you miss me, don't be a stranger. Leave me a voice message or shoot me an email. I answer all of them. And in case you didn't know, all the past episodes live full-time at themindunset.com. If you want to listen again or hear something you missed, that's the place. And while you're there, if you're not on the email list, click the big orange button. If you like the show, tell your friends. That's how we grow. I'll be back before you know it. I hope you will too. And until then, be nice, do good stuff.